Hello and welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Let's tune in to today's message. The two are connected. I will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, not some, and with. And then he describes what he'll do. He'll take whatever it is that he baptized and he'll bring it into his possession. And that will make misunderstandings. That is ingredients for years of discouragement or days of discouragement. However, however long it may be, my understanding of this fire that Malachi talks about, who may abide the day of his coming? He shall be like a refiner's fire and a purifier of silver. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear me? Many Christians do not hear this. We like the easy ride. We like to sit in a sleigh that the angels pull and take us into heaven. This is not what the Bible says. The Bible says, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That fire does not say zeal. Fire is the refiner's fire. It will take something and make excellence out of it. It will take natural humanity and make spiritual out of it. It's a day of discouragement. It's a hard moment. It's a hard time. It's hard years. It's a baptism with fire. What does fire do? It purifies. It makes something better. After the one that it's, the fire comes from. This is the baptism of fire. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and he will come unto him and make our abode with him. I've said like this, and I've believed this for a long time, that when the love of God, we have these messages on the love of God. You've heard me say this often, the love of God, the love of God, the wooing of God, sitting in your lap as though you're holding him as a baby. But the Bible says he loves, who? Oh, he chastens them whom he loves. In the story of the love of the Father, there is one great missing ingredient, and that is chastening. Today, I do know that the Father loves us. And I know that when the children of Israel were in Babylon, they were down there for 70 years, I believe. And when they were down there, even the prophets had to go with it. And finally, they called out on God and said, God, is there no deliverance for us? And God remembered and said something along this, uh, this, this way. And he said that I will not always be the God with a cold shoulder. I am not always that way, even though that maybe for now you might have to walk in that. But I will sooner or later, I will come to you and I will draw you again. Sooner or later, I will come because I am not the God that always gives the cold shoulder. No, at this time, maybe I have to, but I will come and that will change. Using my own words in that, the cold shoulder. 
And God remembered them. It says he remembered them as though he had forgotten them. Perhaps some of you are sitting here today and think that God has forgotten you. Because you've prayed, you've done your formal things, maybe for how many years, and nothing's changed. Maybe there's a mountain in front of you that looks far too big for you ever to overcome it. And you think you're always looking at the top of that mountain and you're looking at things as being impossible. You're looking at the impossibilities in your own life. Things that are too great a matter. Things that are too harsh. Things that are too hurtful. Things that hurt so much. Things that are so private, so intimate with you. You would not want to open your mouth about a condition that you're struggling with within. I'm not talking ordinary sin. I'm talking about intimate things that come as a result, perhaps, of the fire of God. You remember the time when God was using you mightily, maybe, for a time, and all at once that stopped, and you're doing another occupation, and you might exceed in that occupation, but where is God? It's these kinds of condemnations that like to plague the saint of God. At one time, our zeal was to be on the streets all the time. Now we rarely even think of the streets. And we have all kinds of misunderstandings about God's dealing with us. We think God has become a cold master. He's been, he's somebody that you can't reach. He's someone that he will not reach anymore. You're someone that he will not reach anymore. Somehow he's turned his face from you. Maybe a brother or maybe a sister has spoken something to you and it has turned you away from God. It has turned you away from his wooing. You look at these things as being obstacles that are so big and you think that God has somehow rejected you like he did Job for a while. It seemed it was that way. The mistakes that you have made, you've all made them, I have too. We have all made mistakes and we always will make mistakes. Some of those mistakes are maybe larger than others and they have a tendency of bringing great condemnation to the soul of a man. And when he wants to seek the face of God, these things stand in the way. And God is wanting to put the fire in our lives to burn those things away, but we misunderstand. Whose fan is in his hand? And he will thoroughly purge his floor. He will cut the wheat and he put it, brings it into his possession. One of the things that the fire of God does it tells me that as long as the fire of God, the fire of the Holy Spirit, is burning things in me and in my life, there are still things that I haven't given up yet. That are in, it's, it, they're simply not in his possession yet. Things I'm hanging on to that I don't want him to take. Because that's what the fire of God does. It takes possession of all who we are. And once we have given it all who we are, I believe that will stop until it's necessary again to have it. 
because we're human and we often pick up in things. We surrender everything to Christ. We did 25 years ago, I can say now, 45 years ago, surrendered everything to Christ. 10 years later, God dealt with me, or even more like five or maybe two weeks. But 10 years later, he dealt with me on the same subject, on the same issue. And I gave everything to him again, but it was much deeper than it was that first time. And then 10 years later again, he'll do the same thing. He'll bring it to a place, and then it's much deeper. The content is much greater than it was in the beginning years. And so it's necessary for God to keep bringing us and taking us to fires so that we continue to give ourselves to him. So we belong entirely to him. I'm a preacher for 30 some years, about 32 years, something like that. And I do not know of a time when God has everything of me in his hands. I think at times it's that way. But then he shows me other things that I need to give him. It's the life of the saint. It's the life of a disciple. And we can never misunderstand the way God works in our life. This is so often the problem. We get so discouraged because of certain things that just doesn't work out for me. While God is only pruning a good vine, not a bad one. We need to understand this correctly. God doesn't prune much. Some of you might, might sit here and say, well, God never really prunes much in your life. It must not be a good vine. But he will prune the fruitful vine. The one that has bore a lot of fruit in the past year, they cut them down and they cut them down till there's almost nothing. I just came from California several months ago where we saw miles and miles and miles of vineyards that were pruned down to just like little sticks with a little tea on top. That's what it looked like. It must be that they know nothing about grapes or that they know everything about grapes. And the question that I have for you today is where is God pruning at you? Has he taken down all the branches? Some of that out there that, I've, that we've seen, it, it, we marvel at, at the way some of those, those vines were, they were just down to nothing. Why does God need to take down vines? Why? Because the best grapes come off of new vines, new branches. The old branches will not continue to produce. It's like the new wine and new skins. So he'll trim them down and trim them down so that there is a new branch that'll come out that is very flexible. And on the end of this flexible branch, there's a whole group of grapes that start growing, sometimes very long and have a lot of weight. If they would continue with the old vines, they'd break off and all the grapes would be gone. God does it to make us more flexible so that the fruits, now remember this is to the fruit-bearing people. It's not to the ones that don't bear fruit. It's to the fruit-bearing people. It's the godly in Christ Jesus that suffer persecution. But that comes, the result of it is the pruning of God's work in our life just to make room for the big clusters that come. Tell me, tell me, my friend, that a grapevine, while he's been trimmed down and trimmed down and trimmed down, tell me that it doesn't hurt when he sees nothing but nothing 
In fact, the vines are trimmed down so much that you barely see any branches. Almost nothing. Jesus said, I am the vine, you're the branches. Does Jesus bring us to a place where the vine gets cut down so sharply to where it seems that we've got nothing to get a hold of anymore? Yeah. Yes. And it hurts. And it doesn't look good. It looks destructive. It looks hopeless. It looks like a mountain in front. Certainly, certainly there's a mistake. But remember, all we see is the vine. We're the branch. There's almost nothing there anymore. Give it a little bit of time. Just give it a little bit of time. Wait till the winter is gone. Wait till the frost leaves the ground and the snow stops flying. Wait till that moment comes when the sun has a little bit more power and the little branch starts coming out. Next thing you'll know is a great big cluster of grapes. And you'll look and you'll look at that vine or you look at the branch. And what I saw and what I see, the cluster of grapes is bigger than the branch. And if, he wouldn't have, if they wouldn't have been clipped down, they could never contain that much fruit. I'm telling you, don't misunderstand God's pruning in your life. If God prunes you, you're a good vine, or you're a good branch. You're a fruit bearing. If he doesn't prune you and leave you alone, I've had people that have said, I've never really gone through anything deep. There's no fruit there either. The Bible says, I will baptize you with fire and with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Thank you for listening to today's program. We hope you were blessed. This program is made possible by the generous donations of our listeners. Check out our website and get our weekly word e-letter by signing up at www.ministriesofwayneweaver.com. Until next time, God bless.